Dana angrily brought me the St. Young Man books as I had already looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> Your wife was just trying to be nice to you. <laughs> trying to correct my incompetencies. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Welcome back to Monging Your Ears. My name is Corey, Helen, and April are with me. Hi, everybody. Heyo. And we are here to talk about uh, two manga. The first one is uh, In Close Called Fact, published by Vertical several years ago by Moyoko Ano. And the, our newer series is going to be St. Young Men. Mm, I did not look any of St. Young Men up because I'm not introducing St. Young Men, and I am woefully unprepared now. I am clicking stuff as fast as I can. Uh, <laughs> St. Young Men is uh, created by Haru Nakamura. Haru Nakamura, uh, published by Kodansha over here. But anyway, our first series is Enclosed Called Facts. This is a series, just one volume from Vertical, um, but about a uh, office lady named Noko Hanazawa. She is uh, overweight at the beginning of the series, and she is kind of... She has these friends or people like she is friendly with who she... Um, they kind of like verbally berate her several times throughout the series. Um, taking a long time friend from high school, she uh, eventually gets to the point where her self... The self-image of her body is such that she wants to lose weights, but she has a compulsion just to continue eating um, when she is sag and uh, depressed or sag or feeling rejected by her boyfriend. Um, so it's the, a, a vicious cycle of uh, eating, wanting to lose weight, and not being able to do either. She eventually um, leaves, or no, her boyfriend leaves her. She leaves him. Um, it's a very complicated relationship because the boyfriend is cheating on on her with one of her co-workers that is much more attractive, much thinner, or much more conventionally attractive, much thinner, and that just is more of a blow to her, and she eventually, like, gicks together with this older man who seems to have a fat fetish, and that's kind of weird, um, but it gives her, uh, I wouldn't say confidence, but, like, some more more weird body issues regarding her weight, and the the rest of the manga is basically... Uh, her dealing with those body issues and eventually coming to terms with them. But uh, April, you were you read this a while ago. Were you able to reread it? Yeah, I was. Um, I didn't remember a lot of it, but it's it's a lot harsher than I remembered. I, it seemed a lot more depressing than I remembered it. Um, I feel like the character she never really gets a break, um, yeah. and it's not. It's about her and it's about the people around her that sort of reinforce the way that she feels. I feel like a lot of the time um, people want to talk about your feelings or how it affects you or something going on internally with that main character. But we also see like how the people around her reinforce the way she feels about herself. If they don't reinforce it, then they create it. So it's Mm -hmm. just a cycle that's very hard for her to get out of it's just I thought it was a difficult 
manga to read, even to reread, because I hadn't read it in uh, several years. Um, and it, I thought it was pretty harsh. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of uh, further, not that the U.S. is very good with um, fact-shaming, or not fact-shaming, as it were. But uh, Japan, at least from outside observation, seems even worse somehow. Um and that, I think that just really exacerbates the issue. When she does finally try, uh, eventually lose weight, it turns out that she, instead of um, instead of just like going on a diet, she goes to this, uh, what would you call it, like a spa type thing, to get massages and such that might, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, help her body toward it- losing weight? It seems. Man, I wish it was that easy to lose my tummy fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like uh, that particular clinic that is junk science, and the people that run the clinic and the woman that she works with with the massage and stuff like clearly has contempt for her. It's not like mm-hmm. it's a welcoming clinic or they're very nice. He clearly has contempt for her and sees her as somebody that that can't solve her own issues and that she needs to be guided and hand and handheld or, or that or berated mm-hmm. um, to get the results that she wants. So it's none of these experiences that she has to like try to make herself feel better or are positive experience. I'm kind of hard pressed to think of any positive experience that she had throughout the manga to try to like herself better because she just never got any kind of reinforcement. It's like everybody around her had contempt for her. Yep. So, yeah, because like when she tries to lose weight because of the, the boyfriend's like self self uh, self issues, he he wants her to be fat because that way he can uh, seem higher than her and thus feel better about himself. So he just like continually keep, tries to keep her uh, overweight. When then when she tries to lose weight, it's just not working because she keeps falling into these depressions where she eats and eventually leads her to just uh, throwing up instead of uh, you know anything healthier and she just does not have the support system to deal with the, the psychological issues that she's going through. Yeah, I think that's the biggest issue in the manga is that she just doesn't have the support system to do the things that she would like to do. Um, she at her relationship at home is difficult and then she gets up and goes to work and they berate her at work which just seems mm-hmm. to me from the outside seems really extreme but it's just they they completely mistreat her at work um and so that's just the cycle that she's in all day every day and it'd be easy to think that if it'd be easy to think if i were in that position oh if i just lost weight people would stop mistreating me but then there are other people that are invested in her feeling the way that she does so they just undercut her every chance they get and i don't um, at the end of the manga, I don't know if she had really come to terms with it. Do you? I don't. I don't know if you want to talk that far into it. I didn't really get the sense that she had come to terms with it. It just sort of was. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe my reading of it was like she came to terms with it, but as you say that, it does just it does just kind of seem like it it just was like her life found a. Uh, a balance for that moment, and like it, I guess it makes me wonder what Moyokano was trying to do with the story o- overall. Like, was she trying to criticize Japan for, or Japan and human society at large for uh, fracturing everybody, or was she trying to tell the story of someone who's pulled in opposite directions by all these people and never really gets any help from anybody for her uh, self-worth issues or for her uh, overweight issues? I don't know. Yeah, I think. 
that was the main thing with me too rereading is now I can't tell what the author was trying to do with it like I can't I can't tell whether it was a criticism of like the the society that she was in or a criticism of her like I couldn't really t- like I, I didn't really get the the I don't want to say the moral but the point of the story or what or what exactly the message was was it a critique of the main character or a critique of the people around her I couldn't really like tell I don't mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know and I don't know like what experience the author's coming from so I just couldn't tell so I was kind of left with a feeling like that was really depressing and I'm not really sure what I was supposed to get out of it. I mean I, I liked the manga having said all that but it was depressing kind of like, I don't know how I was supposed to feel at the end so yeah I agree um I mean I, I did like the manga overall I think it was a good look into this person's life and a good uh, depiction of like the reality that uh people face uh very often just like being uh, overweight, uh, being an overweight woman, having to fall, or not fall, but like trying to live up to these expectations of incredibly thin miles, it's just completely unrealistic. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that like each of the, um, what do you call those things, the, the chapter breaks, um, I think the majority of them were pictures of very, very thin women, and they started to get thinner as the series went on. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was interesting but yeah i just i can't figure out what angle the author was coming from and that i wouldn't say it bugs me but i'm kind of like hmm, i'm not real sure how to feel yeah yeah i agree um helen did we convince you <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i know that moyoko ano isn't one of my favorite mangaka but that's just because a lot of her stuff turns out to be kind of depressing uh or this just unavailable in the U.S. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, the reason I did not read this was because I needed to buy it, and then I was stuck in one of those situations where it's like I need to buy a whole bunch of things at once if I don't want to spend money, so just freezing <laughs> up, and I'm just like, no! <laughs> and just did not pull the trigger in time. Yeah, and of Also, everything is shipping it. slower than usual right now because everybody's buying stuff online. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think this was the first uh, Boyokano manga that I've read besides uh, the the autobiographical thing with her and you know, Yekiano. So like this was a complete total shift from that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that one and I read the first volume of Sugar Sugar Rude and I'm just holding out hope that that one pops up again in the US someday from Udon. Uh, they finally released I like Ray Rosa Pateros, man, but that one's not out in the US, only the anime is, so... She's Which actually one? done a number of things, but most of them are shorter and never got published in the U.S. Which one? Uh, I mean, there's a lot that haven't gotten published in the U.S. No, I mean, which uh, was the anime thing? Uh, Hataraki Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, did you have anything else, April, before we take a break? No, I think it's I think it's worth looking at. It just left me with uh, mixed feelings. I don't think that makes it bad. It just kind of mixed on it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Definitely worth reading um, if you can find a copy. I'm not sure if it's print availability. I assume since you're about to buy it, Helen, it's in print. <laughs> uh, yes. It wasn't digital. That was the other reason why no, I didn't read it, it in time. Uh, looks like mostly third-party sellers by this point, which makes sense since Vertical published this one a while ago. Yeah. Alright. Well, uh, let's take a break, and then we can talk about St. Youngman. When you're short on your dough, you can stay there. And I'm sure you
Welcome back, y'all. And now for our current ongoing series, we have Saint Young Men, which started in Japan in 2006, but the creator, um, Hikaru Nakamura, rather famously did not want it published in the U.S. because they were worried about the backlash from a much more religious country. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It seems like for a while we had a, this kid created a death note, oh no, news story every couple of months. So I could see them getting concerned that their manga, which is the very blasphemous Jesus Christ and Buddha are friends and living together as roommates in Tokyo, would um, attract some unwanted attention from the fundamentals around here. But yes, that is the premise. Jesus and Buddha are taking a bit of a vacation on Earth. They are living together as roommates in Tokyo. They are trying to keep a low profile because they're gods. They don't want to have a big profile, I guess. But things keep happening. Like uh, sometimes when Buddha is excited, he'll start shining. Or there was that time that Jesus turned a fountain into wine. I think there was another time that Buddha like entered in a Buddha lookalike contest and then won like a statue of himself. And that's the kind of humor the manga has. Uh, it is now being published in the U.S. by Kodansha USA. Uh, noted manga fan slash critic Deb Aoki recently wrote in Publishers Weekly that the manga is selling better than expected here in the U.S., which is pretty great. Um, I have to admit, when I read the first volume, it just didn't grab me the same way I expected it to. Because I've been seeing snippets of the manga online for years, you know, various gags, and they were hilarious. But then once I started reading the first volume, I was like, oh, people have already shared all the good parts. The parts they didn't share were not as funny. <laughs> and maybe my feelings would change if I went on to read volumes two and beyond. But I, after the first volume, I was like, I'm just disappointed. I'm guessing it probably wasn't the same way for you guys, though, because I seem to be in the vast minority with this feeling. Um, I don't know if I was disappointed. I don't. I, it's one of those series that like we've heard about for years, and I always hoped that we would get. So I think my expectations were high and it's hard with some of the humor to come across like I felt like the back half of this volume was funnier than the first half the first half I guess which would have been technically the first the first volume it just like did not grab me at all I just there were a couple jokes here and there but I'm like I'm not really finding this funny and I'm kind of lost um but I felt like the second half was funny I don't know if maybe just picked up its stride in the second half but um I think some of the jokes just went by me and then a lot of there's a lot of um translation notes um at the end of every chapter i think it is um so i think some of the humor just went by me mostly the second volume um was a little bit funnier for me and i enjoyed that but the first the first half of it was a little tough yeah, yeah Corey, was this the time you were complaining about translation notes something about they list page numbers, but page numbers aren't actually present on the pages. Yeah, so I, I like that. I like the fact that they have translation notes at all because some of these jokes are so so in the weeds of uh, Christianity, Buddhism, and the history, just the uh, real life histories of uh, Jesus and Siddhartha. So like having those are inc- is incredibly useful. But then they say like. I'm looking at the chapter 2 translation notes because that's just the first one that I flipped to. Uh, the Millennium is chapter or page 15, Sensoji Temple, page 16, Yongsama and Sugamo, page 16, and like there are zero page uh, page numbers on here anywhere. Like, I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, that's something I've noticed in manga for years when I've tried to look up those translation notes. I have to admit, that is one of the nice things about digital manga, is that, you know, if you're reading 
unlike comiXology or Kindle, it just superimposes a page number there. Mm-hmm. But they don't do the cool thing where they like hyperlink to pages with the translation notes. That would be really rad if people did that, you know, yeah. enabling us to actually flip back and forth very quickly. That would be nice, but uh, alas, that's not a thing. They did also, uh, Kodansha also included, or maybe this, these weren't Japanese language ones, but I, I wouldn't think so. Anyway, they Kodansha included two essays at the beginning of each uh, each volume. The first one is by Nicole Coolidge. Mm, apologies for this name, but Rus Manire, uh, the IFAC Hanga curator of Japanese Arts, British Museum, and research directory of Sainsbury Institutes, University of East Anglia. Uh, then the second one is from Dr. Joe, oh my gosh, I should have prepared for this. Jolion Baraka Thomas, uh, assistant professor of religious studies at the University of Pennsylvania. And both of these are incredibly insightful on uh, what you are about to read in these in these books. Um, and I found them very educational, if not as uh, overtly entertaining as Saint Youngman purports to be. <laughs> Yeah, I have to admit, when I read it, I don't think there were too many jokes about the Jesus side that threw me off, since I went to Catholic school for 13 years. April, I think you said you went to Catholic school for at least some years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just find, like, studying, like, early Christianity to be wild. Like, there were so many early cults in, like, the first three or five hundred years of Christianity with the wildest beliefs. And I'm always sad when a story, you know, takes trappings from like christianity or catholicism in general and they don't include these weirder notes but here i can understand why nakamura wasn't referencing like third century gnostic cults in their jokes (laughs) would have been rad but i totally understand um honestly the series is not i mean if you go past the initial blasphemy of jesus chilling as a roommate in tokyo beyond that it's very good humor I would not be overly concerned about showing this to my Catholic relatives. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would be everyone's type of humor. But then again, like, I don't know. One of my teachers in high school showed us The Life of Brian to make a point in religion class. And anyone who's seen The Life of Brian, the Monty Python one, would know that it is not very good. We're making a good point of it. But uh, I can see why Nakamura was also worried about publishing this in the U.S., you know, to be a known Christian country. But on the other hand, it's like, you have to be a really big series to make it into the mainstream here in the U.S. Even for stuff like, like I said, you know, kids making Death Notes every other month. That's only because Death Note got to be a huge series in the U.S. that people even knew about it. Like, there was no way this series was going to get more than, like, maybe banned in a couple of, like, schools or something like that. Mm-hmm. And book bannings happen all the time. I mean, they're not that special, honestly. <laughs> Death Note was on TV, too. Yeah, and that and that one even got you know popular enough to have like a Netflix adaptation. Well, Netflix has not picked up the live action adaptation of this one, uh, or the anime. There were a couple of OVAs in addition to that live action movie, but those have never seen the live day legally in the U.S. I think my my issue with Saint Young Man is my issue with all comedies that I uh, enjoy in short spurts is that I only enjoy them in short spurts. <laughs> Uh, and as I read more and more chapters, the jokes kind of seem uh, more and more rote or mm, maybe boring or like uh, I'm just not in the mood for humor for more than two or three chapters or something. Um, 
it's just something about uh, those kinds of things that don't really resonate with me, or at least those kinds of things that don't have like really great character development on the side or as a primary to the comedy. Um, and not that this one doesn't have good character development because there are some like really good jokes about Jesus and Buddha, like the fact that Jesus is uh, a gamer, he plays online with his twelve apostles, and uh, <laughs> I forgot that one. And the fact that like he does not like apples at all, and until uh, the chapter that I read, which is the last chapter in the second Kodansha volume, he had not eaten an apple ever. <laughs> Well, that's kind of weird, since I know apples are usually associated with um, the fruit from the tree of good and evil, but honestly, it was probably a pomegranate originally, since mm-hmm. a lot of those early stories about um, birth and death and relife with fruit were pomegranates. Hmm. Maybe there's a note about that. I kind of skim over the notes if I uh, happen to know the first couple sentences of it, because I went... I did not go to Catholic school, but I went to First Communion, so I know more than maybe the usual person, but I don't know enough to pretend that I know anything. <laughs> I know enough that the only people who can out-debate me on, like, Catholic theology are, like, actual Catholics, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can definitely see where c- comedy, the pacing in it is so specific, and that's true for comedy in all of its forms. I know that when I'm reading series I enjoy, like Nozaki-kun or Horimiya, I prefer to read just a couple chapters at a time, you know, spread it out, take longer than I normally would of a volume. And in that sense, I could see publishing the series uh it's an omnibuses right here in the u.s yep. it is. yeah i could see that working against it if people like us were just reading it all in one go and getting kind of exhausted with it by the end mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think that format i mean it looks nice but i definitely think because the comedy manga that that worked against it for me i I could see this like being in a monthly magazine or a weekly magazine or whatever, like just where you get a chapter mm-hmm. every so often. But altogether, yeah, the comedy sort of gets kind of samey. Although for me, that stigmata joke like never stops being funny. That's funny every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny every time they do that one. <laughs> that one, that one makes me laugh every time. So there's yeah. that. Yeah, and pacing like that is something that I think is something you have to be really thoughtful of to pull off well. Since I also read a lot of web comics, which update more or less in like one or multi-page chunks, you know, every week, every other week, something along those lines. And there's a couple of webcomics I read, which have just gotten so involved in their lore that I'm reading page to page, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on anymore. (laughs) I'm not sure why I'm still reading this. But if I was reading it volume by volume, I'm sure I would have a much easier time keeping up with huge casts, etc. I think that's something people really need to think about when they're starting, you know, a series. Since I know that the best one what we would consider like the best manga are the ones that can keep you entertained both when you're reading a whole volume of ones or when you're getting to the end of a chapter and going oh i want more now yeah exactly the the um the books too are really nice they're hard covers omnibuses as we said and there are a couple of colored pages at the beginning and then um at the beginning of what would be the second volume in this omnibus as well so uh, unlike the Vinland Saga books, too, the paper's a little nicer. So Kogansha really uh, brought their all on this one. I would not know, since the review copy I read back when it came out was digital only, so that's why I even <laughs> forgot this is Omnibus. This also means that I do have a review up at the OASG, just, God, probably from, like, 2018 or earlier at this point. Wow. Uh, yes, also, Helen, the, the uh, translation note for um, when Jesus says apples are poison... 
It says, other candidates have been suggested as the real forbidden fruit, including but not limited to figs, pomegranates, grapes, and mushrooms. Mushrooms? That's I a guess. good one. Yeah. <laughs> I did not read that translation, though, since I knew the thing. <laughs> but yeah, they do mention it. Now I want to know what kind of mushrooms are growing, like, on trees at, like, fruit height. <laughs> I'm going to be looking this know. up after the podcast is over, guys. <laughs> but yeah, do you guys have any final thoughts on this? Uh, I'm a little surprised that among the three of us, none of us were just completely over the moon, since it does seem like the series is a critical darling in some circles that normally include us. But yeah, I guess it just, like all comedies, has a lot of hit or misses. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. in the uh, couple chapter chunks, I am extremely over the moon, but then as we get further <laughs> and further, uh, I get less over the moon. Like, I love Nikiko, Nozaki-kun, and those kinds of things, too, but I can only read so much of those as well. Now, Corey, you need to remember this when you're reading Buddha. Read in chunks, don't binge. <laughs> Especially Buddha, because Buddha's not nearly as funny as this. Uh, no, Buddha's I just a, depressing. I need a binge Buddha like Buddha binged Buddha in St. Youngman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I agree with everybody else. It's better in smaller chunks, although I liked the chapter, I think, where... What did they say? That Jesus didn't know how to swim, so they tried to teach him how to swim. I enjoyed, like, one-off chapters here and there. But yeah, did he just end up walking on water or something? No, Buddha told him not. To, at least so, I, was, I feel like that would be the natural punchline for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think I probably just would have read it in smaller chunks. Um, I'm not dying to pick up the second volume. Like, I want to read some more of it, but it's not like you're super compelled to pick up the next one, I guess, because each chapter is so um, self-contained. Maybe someday the libraries will open back up, and we can check these out of the library <laughs> instead of having to buy volumes. <laughs> that was the other reason I couldn't read them when clothes called Fat. My library is closed. <laughs> I thought that thing was on Crunchyroll manga, but now there's only, like, 12 things on Crunchyroll manga. It's a very sad state of affairs over there. Oh, it's been a sad, sad state of affairs for like five years at this point. Yeah, it's I mean, sad how long it's been a sad state of affairs since it started. Really, <laughs> you knew it was bad when they took away the dedicated Twitter account for Control Manga. You knew that was a bad sign. Yep. Anyway, speaking of Twitter, uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, all three of us have accounts, and the podcast itself has its own account at Manga in Your Ears. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer, and like I said, I also do reviews mostly manga and light novels for um, the OASG. I'm on a roll recently. I've got a lot of stuff up. Some good, some bad. Some very good, actually. Did you write your some boring light novel review yet? What'd you say? Did you write your boring light novel review yet? Uh, I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but I do have one coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mondioran. I am still... I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive, so you can find me there. You were even tweeting recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, the only tweet I saw of yours was laughing at Corey's choice of sandwiches. <laughs> the, the tomatoes made his sandwiches too juicy. <laughs> it's like real specific. I was like, okay. <laughs> Man, lettuce is the weakest part of a BLT, Corey. How can you prefer that over the tomatoes? Uh, the, the lettuce gives a nice, refreshing crunch. It's like celery, except not as bad tasting. Mm, I like celery too, though. <laughs> okay, here's our problem. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Passion K, and you can find me occasionally writing about manga at the Fangin Post, which I say very free- infrequently. And you can also find this podcast, obviously, on wherever you are currently listening to it, which includes places <laughs> like Apple Podcasts, 
or our website where we are still piggybacking off our sibling podcast, the Tycoon Podcast. And until next time, folks, bye. Bye. bye.